Hello, Anchor. Yes, it's been a while, but yes, I'm still here. I'm no longer an official innovation intern at an insurance company. However, I will still be an innovation intern at heart because that's still something I'm really interested in. So have no fear, this station is going to stay alive and well. I have a lot planned and I hope that you guys will like what I have in store. I kind of left off halfway through my Innovation 101 mini-series a while back, and if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to go listen to that. It's my latest episode on Anchor, and it's also on iTunes and the Google Play store where they have, you know, podcasts. So I've been able to find it on there, but I'm told it's there. I think what I'm going to do is continue that series with desirability and feasibility and viability. Of course, I already did desirability, but feasibility and viability are up next and you can't talk about one without talking about the other. In the meantime, if you have anything you'd like me to talk about, I am more than happy to take call-ins or you can even follow me on Twitter and tweet me. I think in the next couple days I will have a poll going on there for what my next episode is going to be on. Thanks so much for tuning in and you guys will hear from me very, very soon. Before I get to visibility and viability, I want to test the waters for a new weekly segment that I want to do. I've been thinking about this for quite a while and I think it should be a good time. I want to introduce something called Friday Failures. And this will not be a name and shame for failed innovations for companies. And it won't be a place for me to call out people who have failed the innovation. Rather, it'll be about learning from other people's mistakes and understanding that failure is an expected part of the design thinking process and of innovation because you can't get feedback without putting something out there and inevitably some things won't do as well as others. I think I'll still be kind of thinking about the format a little bit, how I want to structure that. I was thinking maybe of highlighting a product or service that is considered innovative and give my take on why it might not be as successful as it says it is, or going back and looking at projects that have failed in the past and why they failed, because sometimes the world's just not ready for an awesome idea. It'd be also really cool if I did that and then got other people's opinions on it as well, because maybe I don't think it's innovative, but you do. Discussion, of course, is my favorite part of Anchor, so it'd be great to hear from all of you guys. That's pretty much what I have planned for Fridays from now on. I kind of missed it by a day. But you'll hear from me this upcoming Friday with your Friday failure. I hope this also will encourage people to talk more openly about failure and to kind of normalize it a little bit. Sometimes I fail as well, you know. Nobody's perfect and everything like that, but innovation 
is about, like I was saying before, sometimes putting yourself out there and failing. So look forward to seeing that. And if you have any suggestions on what I could feature on my first segment, let me know. I have an idea for something already, but more ideas are always welcome. Hey, it's Matt from The Big Fat Future. I love this idea of chronicling the failures that other people have had in the uh, name of innovation. I think so often when you have an idea that you want to try and implement and you go searching for you know, uh, uh, instances where other people have done similar things, what you tend to find are like case studies and like uh, awards entries and things like that um, and uh, that document you know, the successes that people have doing the thing that you're trying to do. And that's helpful to a degree, but you also always want to find you know, those things that didn't go right, right? What are the things that you have to look out for? What are the, uh, some of the, um, the, the failures that other people have experienced and how can you sort of mitigate those, the risk of that happening? Um, so really looking forward to this uh, and uh, looking forward to the stories that you tell. Uh, and I'd love to know how you get your hands on that kind of information because I tell you, I've been looking forever, short of like actually just talking to people about when they failed. Um, I, I don't know how you'd get it, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how you tackle it. Uh, thanks for doing that and uh, good luck to you. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for calling in. I'm glad that Failure Fridays is something that you're excited about as well. It can be hard to find stories of people who have failed in the past. And when they do, usually they kind of try to turn it into a success, which kind of makes it a little bit more infuriating because you're not there for the sugar-coated angle. You're there for the hard, fast facts because you want to be able to learn from their mistakes. That's something that I see a lot when it comes to these articles that would come up on my Feedly a lot, and I won't name any sources specifically, but they were constantly pushing out articles. Five ways to be a successful person. Successful people do these 10 things in the morning, and it was like five or six of those articles every single day, and it was just too much, so I had to unfollow them. As for how I'm getting this information, most of the time it will be through observation, but you know, I also have a few tricks up my sleeve, and sometimes it takes a keen eye to see where someone has failed, whether they know it or not, and you're right that sometimes it takes people actually talking about their failures to really get an inside look. I'm hoping people will be <laughs> um, willing to step up and talk about their failures once I kind of get the ball rolling talking about different products or services or people who failed at different things. And again, I'm not doing it to name and shame or, you know, make fun of them or anything like that. It's really a key learning point. And that's where people are able to stand on the shoulder of giants, as they say, and learn from other people's mistakes beforehand. So I'm hoping this will become both informative and somewhat entertaining because who doesn't love a good story? Thanks so much for calling in again and if you have any personal stories or know people who would contribute to this segment, I would love to hear their stories as well. So pass it along if you can. Let's talk about feasibility and viability. Feasibility viability are where ideas go to die. And I mean this from a big corporation standpoint in the way that the Innovation Center that I worked for 
operated. They weren't very great with getting buy-in from the business early on, so most of the time, much of the time, they'd come up with a great transformational idea and they would test the desirability for it and people want it and need it and it solves problems that they have. But then we get to the feasibility stage, which is how can we do this and is it possible for us as a business to put resources toward this to make it happen? Once it gets to that stage, that's usually where it doesn't work out. Transformational innovation is where they do things that are way beyond what they've ever done before at the company, and that usually means that there aren't resources in place to create and manage this kind of innovation. So usually it dies or gets shelved until they think they'll be ready for that kind of innovation. Feasibility asks the organization to look internally and objectively assess their strengths and say, yeah, we can take this on. We have the ability to, or no, (laughs) this won't work. And that's why a lot of the ideas die because they're not willing to take all of these risks to implement all of these new ways of doing things just for one product or service that in their eyes may or may not fail. When in reality, this could be a great product that has a lot of desirability that was tested and was successfully tested so they know that people want it. So that's feasibility for you, pretty much in a nutshell from a corporate point of view. Viability is the third and final test and it is arguably the hardest one. Testing for viability asks if the business model fits with the way that the customers want to use and pay for the solution. It asks what is the long-term impact of this and does it align with what we want to be known for and what we're currently doing. That can be very hard to get through because too many companies look at solutions as a short-term profit gain and don't really look at the long-term impact. For example, if someone comes out with a product that isn't very well made and doesn't align with their current mission of making quality, lasting products, sure, it might make you money in the short run, but in the long run, it will change people's perception of your brand and your company. Even if it is innovative and people see it as innovative, there are other factors that go into whether it's viable for the business. It's not something to be taken lightly and it's something that is the last step but doesn't mean that it should be skipped either. You want to make sure what you're creating is who your business is. Just because something is innovative or because another company is doing it and you think you need to catch up doesn't mean it's the right fit for your business or your company or what you're doing. So you have to make sure that it's viable. So there you have it. There is 
viability and feasibility in a nutshell from a disillusioned former corporate employee. And I'm curious to hear if you think of these things differently. Different companies approach feasibility, desirability, and viability in different ways. And there are still a lot more intricate processes and techniques that people use in the design thinking process to get to a final product or service. It's also good to note that the design thinking process doesn't necessarily always apply to something completely new. And a lot of the times it actually applies to revamping something old in order to make it better, the user experience more engaging and delightful, and really refresh what the business is trying to accomplish and do. There's definitely a trend toward businesses focusing on more customer-centric business models, and some, let me tell you, some do it better than others. So if you have any examples of a company you know that is very customer-centric, I'd love to hear it and call in and let me know or leave a comment on this segment. I can think of a few off the top of my head, but it'd be great to hear some that I'm not as familiar with.